book because uh, this is going to be very practical. Obviously, we say I say this every time. It seems like, but very practical, but also very spiritual at the same time because we are going to be going through the kind of some pra practical ways of sharing the gospel. And what I'm going to do tonight is just kind of go through four scenarios. And Brian's going to be the the other guy, the guy at the door or whatever. We kind of talked about some different scenarios, some things that you run into when you knock on doors and. Um, obviously, there's probably 15 or 20 different scenarios that we could do because everybody's a different religion and everything else, and you could go in a lot of different directions. But I think there's, I think there's really four main categories of people that you're going to run into when you're knocking on doors. And so, um, to me, this is a little awkward just because I'm not an actor, you know, I'm not going to, and we're not trying to act necessarily, but trying to show you exactly what would happen at a door. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly what Brian's going to say, so it's kind of, you know, a little bit, uh, and, and he probably doesn't even know exactly what he's going to say either. It depends on what I say, you know. Um, but um, I'm going to stop in between them, too, and just kind of explain maybe, all right, this is what I know now based on what he said and that kind of stuff, and we'll just try to work through it that way. And um, um, in the last scenario, and, and these scenarios, is, is I don't think they're going to take that long. It's just, you know, a few things back and forth. This is what, what would happen in this scenario and so on. The last scenario, though, I am going to go through the entire plan of salvation as if I was talking to somebody at their house. And what I really want you to do, and I'll mention this again probably, is follow along in your Bible with me. And, and one of the things that I mentioned that is when I was first learning how to share the gospel and first starting to share the gospel, I didn't know where to turn next. And so you get to, you know, you, what, what verse do you go to the next one? Well, I know the Bible says this in Romans and this in Romans and this in Romans, and I knew the verses, but I didn't know, the, you know, what order is the best order to go through it in. And somebody, I mean, this has probably been 25 years ago now, um, mentioned this idea, and I did it, and it worked for me for the longest time. Now I don't even think about it. You know, I've, I've shared the gospel so many times now that I don't even... I don't even need a Bible to be able to share the gospel with somebody, but um, one thing that would be helpful for you is to know one place to turn. The one place that I started was 1 John 5.13, and that's where we're going to start, and then next to 1 John 5.13, we wrote, I wrote the verse that you go to next, so you know where to turn. You turn over there, and then next to that verse is written the next verse that you go to, and then next, that, next to that one, the next one, and so on. So that's what I'm going to try to help you with. Uh, in the last scenario as we go through the plan of salvation, and um, you might write those in your Bible, you know, so all you have to remember is 1 John 5.13, or if all you can remember is John 3.16, then write, write John 3.16, you know, next to John 3.16, write that verse, but you'll see why I use 1 John 5.13 the most um, as a place to start uh, in just a minute. So I'm, I'm, we're just going to come down here and just kind of do it in the front so that it's not as, you know, awkward. I've just, I've only got a couple notes here to make sure that we're kind of staying in line with, uh, with what we want to do. But um, trying to think, I don't know if I want to introduce. All so actually I brought these because normally when you're, when you're knocking on doors, you're going to carry a little stack of tracts with you um, and a New Testament. That's, that's really all you need or should have um, for a couple reasons. Number one, the Mormons, the, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, even some of the Assemblies of God, the Seventh-day Adventists and things, I mean, they walk around with a giant book bag, you know, or a big, big bag next to them, so they got everything ready to give to you when you're, uh, because they're trying to convince you of a lot of different things. Ours is very simple. We're trying to share with you the, the gospel with you, you know, 
and the gospel is all written down, it's, it's that simple. You know, I'm not trying to convince you of a million different things to get you to switch to my religion. I'm trying to get you to Christ. Um, and so it does two things. Number one, this is all you need. Number two, um, it, it kind of sets us apart so people don't automatically think when they get to the door, oh, this guy's a Mormon or this guy's a... Jehovah's Witnesses are really, really famous for that. I mean, they, got, they, they carry bags, you know, like satchel-type bags with all kinds of brochures in them and everything else. And so it does kind of set, set you apart just a little bit, um, which is one of the reasons why, honestly, I, I always used to wear a shirt and tie when I go out. I stopped oh, yeah. because you show up in a shirt and tie and they automatically think Mormon and most people hate the Mormons so much that they don't even answer the door, you know. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that's a good thing <laughs> in a way. It's a good thing, but I don't want them to look out the window, see me in a shirt and tie and think that's a Mormon standing on my porch. I'm not talking to that guy, you know. So college shirt, I always wear my college shirt with my little logo, you know, the church logo on it. Um, you know, you could wear a T-shirt with the church logo on it, but college shirt is usually best. Something like Brother John's got, Carrie's got, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1776, you might get some people patriotic with you, but I don't know if you're going to get them, get them to church. But Anyway, all right, so uh, first scenario, knock on the door. He comes and answers the door. Hey, how are you? Good, all right, and every, what's the first thing that you want to do? Introduce yourself. You, that's not first, but you're right, you're right. Well, and actually, this is, so let's, let's look at this right now. What's the first thing? Compliment. Second thing, compare, correct. correct. Compliment, compare, correct. Those are the things. And you may not have time to get all of those in. And it may happen in one sentence where you're doing all three of those things. Um, but that's what we're aiming at. Compliment, compare, correct. First thing you're going to do, though, is introduce yourself. I, always, I have an advantage because I'm the pastor of the church. And it, it makes it very easy. People expect me to be out there, right? So... Um, Good afternoon, sir. My name is Steve. I'm the pastor of Mount Victory Baptist Church. This is Jackson. I always have a partner with me. This is Jackson, my son. We're just out here knocking on doors uh, in your neighborhood. We're inviting people out to church and uh, telling folks about Christ. Can I ask you if you have a church that you go to? No, I, we don't. We're not church-filling people. Okay. Uh, well, um, uh, um, honestly, all right, so here's, here's a couple things then. He doesn't go to church anywhere which means, number one, there's a good possibility that we could get him to church. But we're not trying to get people to church, right? Where are we trying to get people? Saved. Trying to get them to Christ, right? So, um, he's, he doesn't have a church that he goes to, all right? Well, hey, um, we're, we're just out here. We're inviting people out to church. I'd, I'd like to give you an invitation to our church. I'm, I'm good. We're, I'm not, we, I don't need it. I don't want you to waste your paperwork on me. I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not going to read Well, I understand. No, I mean, this is just an invitation we're giving out to everybody, and, and uh, if you don't mind, I'll just leave that with you. All right. I, I can. I'll pass it on to the wife or something. All right. Good. Well, if you ever get a chance to come out and visit, we'd love to have you come visit. All right. You have a good day. So, um, normally, a couple things. Somebody that's not interested, you're not going to get very far with them. The most that you really want to try to do is get them to take this thing. Because if they read it, look, the verses are from the Bible. And God says that his word's not going to return void. You never know if that guy's just going to drop that thing. You don't know what he's going through. You don't know if he's saying that because the Holy Spirit is convicting him and he just is pushing it off. And he's going to drop that thing on his counter and leave it. And the next morning he's going to come down there and the Holy Spirit's going to hit him again. And, he, you know, whatever. 
you never know when he's going to pick it up and read it. He might. Okay? Let's, or, or somebody else for that matter. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, what if his kid comes down and sees this thing laying on the counter and picks it up and reads it or his wife or whatever. So we want to get these in the door. All right? Um, this, this scenario was kind of going to be that he was not interested at all. Didn't take the literature. I mean, I was so convincing that he couldn't help but reach out and take it. Um, but no, thank you. I'm not interested. Well, can I, can I leave you with an invitation to our church? No, thank you. I'm not interested. All right. You have a good afternoon. We're not trying to be rude. I'm not sticking my foot in the door so it doesn't close. And I, you know, and then after the door closes, well, he's going to get one anyway. And I fold it and stick it in his door. You know what's going to happen? He's going to come out and he's going to see that. And he's going to think, what a jerk. I told him I didn't want that. Right? Um, that was his opportunity. We might hopefully have an opportunity to reach him again. If you're a jerk, then I can guarantee you the next time, whether it's you or somebody else that tries to get the gospel to them, he's not going to want anything to do with it because the minute somebody shows up at his door, he's going to remember the jerk that was at his door the last time. So um, if somebody is completely not interested, try to give him a track. Or just, or just handing out invitations. You know, can I leave this with you? No, thanks. I'm not interested. All right. Have a great day. Yeah, and that, and that is sowing seed. It's exactly what it is. And you didn't really get it in the ground, but you laid it out there. And you never know when it's going to take or how. So, yeah, exactly. All right, second scenario. Let me see here. Let me try to remember this one. Okay, so we knock on the door. I introduce myself. Um, we're, just, we're, we're out here inviting folks to church and telling folks about Christ. Do you have a church that you go to? I don't have a church, no. Okay, well... Um, Sorry. But, but then you said something else. <laughs> well, I was waiting for a follow-up. Okay. Okay. Well, look, we're, we're out inviting people to church. I mean, obviously, we're telling folks about Christ as well. Um, but I know a great church that you can go to. What did you all say you are? You're we're Baptist. Baptist. Yeah, Mount Victory Baptist Church. Yeah, I don't really believe in God, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. Well, can I ask you why you would say that? When I, was, when I was younger, I actually went to a couple uh, uh, vacation Bible studies or whatever you call them, VBSs. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went with my friends, they, were, they went to church every single Sunday. Went, I know they went to Sunday school and all of that, but I went to a couple of these vacation Bible things with them. And a few years after that, when we were in high school, I watched my best friend die in a car accident. And if... If God is so loving, why would he take somebody? He never did anything wrong. Why would yeah. he take somebody like that if he's yeah. so loving, like, yeah. like Baptists and Christians say? Mm-hmm. So I just have a hard time believing there's a God if he's going to let things like that yeah. happen to decent people. Yeah. No, I mean, I can understand. I can understand where somebody would, you know, get that opinion from or, or where you could think that. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a chaplain for the police department, and um, I, I see... This kind of stuff happened to people all the time. I mean, I, honestly, I get called out when people are on their worst days. And I've had that same question. People are questioning God. If God's so good, why would he allow this to happen? Um, but, you know, honestly, uh, God never intended for the world to be this way. God created the world to be perfect. I don't, you said you went to vacation Bible school and things like that, and so maybe you know a little bit about the Bible. I, I don't know if you do or not, but, you know, uh, when God created the earth, he created the earth perfect. He created the earth without sin. He created man without sin and everything else. Man's the one who made that decision to sin against God. And, of course, then, you know, the, the curse of sin passed on everyone else. 
God created the world to be perfect. Satan's the one that, that you know, corrupted this world. And then God gets the, you know, the blame for, for the bad things that happen. So I, I, can, I can perfectly understand where you're coming from about not believing in God and how could God allow that to happen and everything else. But, uh, you know, honestly, the Bible talks about the fact that one day we're going to stand before him. Whether you believe he's there or not, um, you know, we are going to have to answer to him for, for what we do with what he's given us in his word. Yeah. I, you said the Bible. I don't, I don't really believe the Bible. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. uh, that's your perspective yeah. on it. If I don't believe the Bible, mm-hmm. I don't really. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I don't believe there's a God at all. I think that there's probably a higher, uh, somebody bigger than us. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not an atheist, yeah. but I don't believe. Yeah. I believe that there's lots of religions, lots yeah. of ways to get to heaven yeah. or uh, yeah so well I, and I can certainly understand how somebody would believe that especially in the in the things that you went through and I couldn't imagine how horrible that is that uh, you know something that you that you went through like that but um, you know when it all comes down to it if there is no God and if there is no judgment if there's no heaven and all those things like I'm telling you the Bible says there is I lose nothing I mean I might be a little bit disappointed well, what happens if you're wrong and there really is a God and you really do have to answer to him for what you've done on this earth and there really is a heaven and a hell and those who don't trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior are going to spend an eternity in hell. Then what? I guess I'd be in trouble. Yeah. You know, and then, okay, so then at that point, what, and, and Nitin, this, this kind of goes to your, your point too, all right? Nitin talks about um, what happens if you're talking to somebody who believes in idols or who worships idols doesn't really believe in God, obviously then wouldn't believe the Bible because they don't even believe that God is in existence or, or that he is the one true God to write the Bible and all that stuff. Um, the only thing that you can do at that point, you know, obviously he kind of came around to what I'm talking about. Um, it's it's going to be hard to get somebody from not believing in God to going through the plan of salvation all in one visit. Um the one thing you're trying to get him to do is think, what if he is right? What if there is a God? And you leave him with a track, and hopefully he'll pick it up and look at it, and, you know, but if, 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 if the only reason that he doesn't believe in God or in whatever else is because he went through a tragedy, um, then there's a possibility that he could eventually believe, okay, bad things do happen to good people. You know, but to, to go to your point, Nitin, um, you can tell, you know, I mean, basically what you would say to somebody is the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Um, I, I can't I can't make you believe in God. I can't make you believe that the Bible is true. All I can tell you is that I've seen many things to prove to me that there is a God, that he exists and that that his word is true. And look, I mentioned this to you before, but. If I'm wrong, I might be disappointed, but nothing happens. If you're wrong, then what? And that's all you're, I, I think in a situation like that, it's what you're really trying to do is to get them to think, man, what if I am wrong? What if there really is a God? What if the Bible is true? Then what? And that's where you're, again, you're planting the seed and hoping that it grows, and then maybe you could even look. Look, I'd love to come back and talk to you again sometime. If you got some time, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to be a lawyer, and you know, but 
there's a lot of things that we could talk about that I think would be helpful for you in a situation that you're in. I mean, obviously, you went through a lot of bad things in your life, you know. Um, can, we sit, can, we, can we sit down and talk about it again? And obviously, then, during the time period, and maybe they say no. And at that point, you know, I mean, there's not much else you can do other than try to leave them with the track. But um, if they are willing to, then all you can do is pray that the Holy Spirit would keep that that question in their mind. What if? What if? So to go to your point, Nitin, I mean, obviously there are some people who are not going to know anything about God or the Bible or anything like that, and all you can do is really get them to start questioning whether what they're believing in is true. Somebody that believes in idols, I would say, look, you know, what if I was just to take this piece of, of wood and carve it into a person and start worshiping it? What, what power does that thing have, you know? I mean, it was a piece of wood five minutes ago, and I carved it into something that I'm worshiping now. What power does that have, you know? All you're trying to do is get them to start thinking, maybe this is not right, and maybe there is a God, you know? That's, that's, that's where you start. That's where you start. Any questions about that before we go on to the next one? Right, right, and that's when he said, yeah, right, exactly, yeah, right, right, exactly, well, I stopped, yeah, yeah, right, well, he said, he said, well, I guess I'd be in trouble then, wouldn't I, and that's what I'm saying, at that point, then I would try to take him into the gospel, he might be like, yeah, well, So you could take him two verses at that point to show there is a God, but if like yeah, if, you don't, if somebody doesn't believe the Bible, say, I don't believe the Bible. Yeah. Still, if yeah. they're willing to let me show them, because the oh, exactly, oh, exactly, God, exactly, and that's why I believe, right. But it might them. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I said at this point I would try to give him the gospel. He might not be open to it. He might not let me. Whatever else, but yeah, I mean, any chance we get, we're trying to get to the gospel. But yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, man, and I meant to, uh, yeah, well, it, it depends on the situation, too, because if somebody says they don't believe the Bible, then okay, I mean, you can say whatever you want to about it, I don't believe it, and in, in that situation, I mean, somebody has to believe that the Bible is the word of God in order for them to get around to the point where they even believe anything that you're saying, um, any, any verse, yeah, well, any verse that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, you can use. It's the Bible, and it's not going to return void, you know? Yeah, if the Holy not, Spirit brings it to your mind, use it. That's not to say kind of like the guy that won't take a track. If you can get it into his hand, yeah. same yeah. thing there. If you can get them to kind of think, maybe, if I, maybe I am just not seeing it. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can. I mean, any verse that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, if that's, if that's the direction that he leads, use it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, and like I said, there's a million different scenarios, a million different things that you can use. But um, I think the main thing is you're trying to get them to think, what if I'm wrong? If you know? buddy gets killed, what you can say is, you know, where do you possibly think your buddy is today? And, and 
You could do that, but um, I've also, and I, and I obviously, that, but I also, I've also seen it backfire too, because then they're like, well, if he's in hell, then that's where I want to be, because I want to see him again, you know, and, and you'd be, you'd be surprised how people are like that. I say, you'd be willing to go to hell so you can see your buddy again, but. It's like, do you honestly think that if your buddy was in hell, he'd want to become there with Yeah, exactly. As if there is no love in hell, there's no happiness in hell. Right. So. Yeah, and so here's the way that I do it, um, and I've used this mostly with funerals, um, but I've said, um, I don't say I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're in heaven or hell or whatever else. I'm not going to put somebody in heaven that I don't know is there, but I tell him this. Let's just say Joe is his name. I'm going to tell you exactly what Joe wants you to know. Exactly. Joe wants you to be in heaven. Amen. And then, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity to go into the plan of salvation. Right. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So whether he's in heaven or hell, this is what he wants you to know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and in a case like that, let's say this kid that drowns, name was Joe, and I can say, look, I mean, obviously Joe is already passed from this life. He's in eternity. I'll tell you this: he knows everything now about what happens after this, and this is according to the Bible. This is what this is what he would want you to know. And then, yeah, I'm not going to put him in heaven because I don't know if he's there or not. But whether he's in heaven or hell, this is what he wants you to know. So um, that's, I mean, yeah, we can go about it from that perspective too, you know. But there's a lot of people who don't believe in God, yeah, or, or don't believe that there's, that God is, you know, that there's really a God who would do something like this, yeah. So same thing. There's, there's I mean, kind of along the same lines, there'd be people who would say, well, I don't believe a good God would send people to hell. Well, and that's when you're going, you, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's a million scenarios. But in that case, you would talk about, the, you know, yes, God is a merciful God, but he's also a just God. What happens if somebody comes and kills your son, let's just say, and he goes before the judge, and the judge says, eh, I'm feeling nice today. Let him go free. You would say, oh, okay, the judge was merciful, but that ain't justice. Justice was not served. And, I, and, and that's the same thing. What, what kind of God would he be if all he was was a God of mercy and there was no justice? You could live however you wanted to and there was no consequences for it. So, yes, God is a merciful God and the way that he shows his mercy is by allowing us to accept him as our Savior and get our sins paid for by accepting him on the cross. But God is also just and if we don't accept his payment, then we have to pay the consequences. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. One response to this. No, no. Excuse me. It's like you say, God is his view is the same God as heaven. You say you're exactly right. This is your choice. You decide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, too, too good to send somebody to hell. Exactly another right. Way, another way yeah. is that God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come through repentance. Yeah. Is that your loved one, whoever it is, is that they're in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good point. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and, and a phrase that I use. Yeah. A phrase that I use often that I actually I think her dad is the one I heard say it first. He said, if you go to hell, you go to hell with your sins paid for. <laughs> you know, your sins are already paid for. The penalty has already been taken care of. If you go to hell, it's not because God is sending you there. It's because you are going there on your own. You know, you go to hell, you go to hell with your sins paid for. So. We've already got the pardon. We just need to accept it. 
And that's really what it comes down to. So that's what I'm saying. That, that scenario, I mean, you could go in 50 different directions with it because you don't know what people are going to say or how they're going to respond to what you're saying initially, but that kind of all fits under that one. There's an, uh, the next one, then, would be, um, all right, so we, we, we introduce ourselves. Um, we're out here um, knocking on doors, inviting people to church, telling folks about Christ. Do you have a church? I, I always use that. Do you have a church to, that you go to? I try to ask them a question to get them engaged in the conversation before they can say, I'm not interested. They still will. But do you have a church that you go to? Most people are, are not going to be so rude that they don't answer your question. So, No, I don't have a church that I go to. I know exactly what you're doing, though. I used to do that, uh, knocking on doors with my dad when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. uh, we, I grew up in a Baptist church, and we did that every single Saturday. And I was in church Sunday school on Sundays and, yeah. and, and church all day Sunday and Wednesday yeah. nights. Yeah. You grew up in a Baptist church. Where'd you grow up? What church or what area? What area? In Indiana. Okay. Grew up in Indiana. All right. Yeah, we did the same thing. I grew up, I mean, we grew up going to church and all that stuff, too. I could count on one hand the number of times that I missed church. Yeah. But, well, well, what, what, um, what is it that, that got you out of church? How, I mean, you said you grew up in it. Well, why are you not going so anymore? So it's an interesting story, and uh, I actually just, I, I was in church till, how old are you? 37. 37. I'm 33. When I was, I, I just got out of church probably about six, seven years ago. I think I was 26 years old. Okay. I just, I was in a, I was in a Christian band and everything else, traveling the country with my buddies, and um, just got out, of, got out of it. It just didn't feel real to me. I was just in a band, yeah. and I was doing it for. Yeah. Uh, we were traveling, we were touring, so we were getting paid for it. But yeah. the Christian side of it, I yeah. just. That yeah, from sounds like sounds like you and I grew up very similar, a lot the same way. But I'll tell you what, um, my my situation is is a lot different than that. I mean, I would say that it feels very real to me, uh, and and I'm not I'm not trying to say anything against your church or where you went or the pastors or anybody that was involved in that. But honestly, I've I've seen that happen many times, and I think the reason that people get out of church uh, in a situation like that when you've grown up in and everything else, and the reason it doesn't feel real is because many times it's not, you know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. I've had, I had doubts for years and years and years about whether it's real or not, but mm -hmm. the church I went to, um, a lot of big, important guys in the church, but yeah. I know how they lived. I was, yeah. I was friends with their yeah. kids, and I... Yeah. You know, I know how they live. They were one right. person at church, completely different. Yeah. I mean, completely different yeah. at home. And yeah. so that got doubts in my mind. And then when I just don't feel it anymore. Yeah. So I stopped going to church. Yeah. I haven't been in six or seven yeah. years. Like and I'll that. be honest with you. I mean, I, 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 um, I, I think we kind of connect on a, on a little bit different level than most people that I come to the door because you grew up the same way that I did, you know. Um, but um, the reason why it doesn't feel real to you is because many times it's not real to them, you know, and, and it's not about a religion, which is what a lot of people turn even a Baptist church into. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you don't have that relationship with Christ, it's not going to feel real because it's not, you know. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time when you accepted Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior? <clears throat> I've thought about that quite a bit, actually, but when yeah. I was in Sunday school as a little kid, I, I accepted Christ as my Savior, yeah. but as I get older, I don't even know if it's real or not. So, mm -hmm. you know, not the salvation, but yeah. I don't know if I believe there's a God or a yeah. higher power. But, you know, I've, yeah. I've actually been dabbling in some other religions trying to find out yeah. if, if there is another way to heaven or way to, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. a, 
and a good yeah. afterlife because yeah. I just, you know, I, all I ever knew was the Baptist church. Yeah. So if there is another way, I'm, I want to try to yeah. find it. Well, I grew up in a Baptist church too, obviously. I told you that. And I'm still in a Baptist church. In fact, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. And to us, I mean, it, it is very real. And it's not just me. It's, it's, it's all of those that are in our church and everything else. I'll tell you what. Why don't you come out and visit us sometime and just kind of compare it to the, everything that you grew up with. Compare it to the church that you came from six or seven years ago. Compare it to the church that you grew up in. You know, um, I believe the Holy Spirit meets with us every time we have a church service, you know. and I heard that all growing up. I'm I not saying I won't, but what are you, where are yeah. you guys at? Yeah, this is the address of the church and everything else. But, you know, the main thing is to make sure that you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who say that there's a lot of different ways to heaven. I mean, you know the verses, you know. Right. But the Bible says very plainly in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I could so, probably lead you to Christ. I know, I know, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. So you know all the verses, but obviously you're talking about dabbling in all these other different religions yeah. and everything else. I mean, what it comes down to is whether or not you believe the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, then all of these other ways cannot be the way to heaven, you know. There can only be one way. Yeah. So I'd love to sit down with you. I mean, even if we, you know, I mean, it sounds like we have a lot of the same background and everything yeah. else, but even if we want to sit down at lunch or something like that and talk through some of these things, I, I think, you know. I appreciate what you're doing. I, yeah. I know how hard it is. I, we did it for years and years, but yeah, yeah you might see me sometime. Yeah. I'll, I'll come out Yeah, maybe come and, visit. Come visit if you get a chance. Visit. Yeah. So, and uh, honestly, same thing is true. Um, it just kind of depends on where he goes with it. If, if the, the door opens up and he's, yeah, you know, I don't know, I would say, look, You've been through all the verses before, but can I take you through the Bible and show you some verses that, that will get that settled for you, you know? A huge majority, and that's not even an understatement, a huge majority of people that are probably 35, 40 years old and under that grew up in church or that at least spent a lot of time in church do not go to church anymore. I think it's probably 10% of the people that grew up in church that are still in church. And I think the reason why is because it's not real to them. And it's never been real to them because it was never real to their parents. Um, probably their parents were saved, but they lived such hypocritical. hypocritical lives that when they're at home, they're one thing, and they see that. And then they go to church, and they see their parents acting completely differently. Yeah, exactly what they're doing, because they're going to be a deacon or an usher or whatever else at church, and then they go home and they see what they're listening to and watching and everything else, you know, and um, it's just, they leave it because it's not real to them. And then on top of that, what's happened is a lot of these churches that have, that have started in the last 10, 15, 20 years, these non-denominational churches have nothing to do with the gospel. It's all about entertainment and everything else, and the entertainment when the entertainment wears thin and you're tired of it, there's nothing to it. And they know that. And so why am I, you know, I've seen my parents be hypocrites. Why do I want to be a hypocrite? I'm just going to get out of it. I'm going to be who I am. And who they are is not saved and away from God. So that's who I'm going to be, you know. So you have, to, I mean, somebody like that, you have to try to connect with them on a personal level. And like we're talking about, compare Compare yourself to them. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I grew up in it too. You know, compliment them. That's, you know, it's great that you did all these things, but then correct. You know, the Bible says. The Bible says. And if somebody grew up in church, they know the Bible's true. 
And they do believe the Bible, even if they say, well, I don't even know if it's true anymore. Or whatever. They believe the Bible um, because, you know, God does that and, and works in their hearts and everything else. So um, that's, a, that's a different scenario because this is somebody that's just gotten co completely out of church who used to be in it, you know. And like you said, I could probably lead you to Christ, you know, but I don't know if I'm saved myself. Let me take you through the Bible. Let me show you, you know. Yeah. He's had the gospel being preached. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably heard it many, many times growing up. Right. Um, when, when I got out of church, when I, when I graduated from high school and, and uh, got in the military and then got in the Richard Police and just got away from the Lord, one thing about it, I am convinced if somebody is really born again, they know it. Yeah. And even exactly. Or even if they get away from God right. so far. Right. I mean, even though I was a living right. for the Lord, had nothing to do, didn't go to church maybe once every six months. Yep. One thing I knew, if I died, I was going to heaven. Right. That's so, a perfect, perfect example because there's somebody that I'm dealing with right now who, um, um, I don't want to give anything away, but um, basically said, I think I'm saved. I think I know that I'm going to heaven. You're not. You're not. Because if you think you know, then you don't know. Right. And if, you, if you're really saved and you know you're saved, you know you're really saved and you know why. Because there was a moment when you accepted Christ as your Savior. You know, I, I mean, for somebody to say, I think I'm saved, I, I mean, doesn't mean that they cannot be. Doesn't mean that they cannot be. But I would be very highly suspicious of the fact that they actually are. Because if you're saved, you know it. And like you're saying, doesn't matter how far away you get from God. Maybe you would question, uh, I, you know, I, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I don't know if I really meant it or not. I, I don't know if I'm really saved. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I, I think I know I'm saved. I think I'm going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? That's different than saying, yeah, I accepted Christ as my Savior, but I don't know if it was genuine, and maybe I need to get saved again. Somebody that really is in it like that knows. You, you know. If you're saved, you know you're saved. If you're not, you think you are. You know, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, it just depends on what his answers would be as far as to what direction you would go with that. I mean, it, it, it'll be pretty obvious uh, pretty early on in the conversation whether or not he really is saved. And if he is, and he just got out of it because it wasn't real, man, come to church. Come see what church really is supposed to be. You know, if the Holy Spirit's here, which I believe that he is every time we meet, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to his heart and say, this is, this is real. This is what I want. This is what was missing in all the places that I was at before. Yep. Or yep. It's just really miserable. Yep. God does not yep. let up on you if you're really born again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, partly, but it's just part of the introduction, getting them to talk. But yeah. Yep. Or because a lot of times they'll say, "I go to such and such Baptist church." Okay. You know that's good. Uh, it's it's good to hear that you're in church. You know. Of course, a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I go to such and such Baptist church. But where is that? Um, that's over there off of, um, oh, it's down on the end of the street. Uh, people say, I mean, I'm telling you, I almost want to laugh when it happens because they're like, yeah, I go to that church. Oh, I haven't heard of that church. Where is that? And it's like, 
then they start questioning, did I even get the name of the church right? Because <laughs> he hadn't even heard of it, you know. It's down there at the end of the street on, uh, uh, and usually I'll bail them out, you know. I'll be like, okay, yeah, I don't know exactly where that one is, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let you know I'm yeah. Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Catholic. Yeah, no, people do that a lot of times, too. No, thank you, I'm Catholic. I'm yeah. like, okay, Catholics can be saved, too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've thought about saying that many times, know. but, you know, I just never did it because that's not very, you know. But, but honestly, this last scenario is going to be for someone who is Catholic, and um, so we'll kind of go through it with that. So get your Bibles out. I'm going to go through the plan of salvation. In fact, I'll, I'll pull my Bible out, too. Um, I could take you through it without it, but just so we're looking at it together. All right, so uh, we're, we're out here inviting folks to church, telling them about Christ. Do you have a church that you go to? Yeah, we go to St. Mary's. Okay. Yep, I'm okay. Catholic. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. Um, <clears throat> uh, do you guys go often? Do you go to church often? or? Uh, not every single week, but pretty often. Okay. We're, we're regular. Okay. Well, obviously, we're kind of on different ends of the spectrum a little bit. I mean, we're Baptists. It is a Baptist church. Okay. And everything. You know, let me, uh, let's put, let's put, our churches aside, all right, you're, you're Catholic, and, and obviously you've said that. I'm Baptist, and, um, and I've mentioned that as well. But if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? Uh, no, I'd like to think I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Um, you and know, like and say, why would you say that? I mean, Well, what, we go to church often. You know, we, mm -hmm. we take Mass, and we go to confession, and... and uh, you know, we give a lot of money to the church and to the poor, and yeah. we, we actually go down to the food bank every other week and help pass out food and yeah. try to just try to do what we can yeah. to help others yeah. and, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, obviously, those are very good things. That's, I mean, it, 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 takes, it takes people doing those things in this world to make the world a better place. I mean, there's so much wickedness yeah, and so much stuff going on it's nowadays. Crazy. It's, it's yep. kind of a breath of fresh air to have mm -hmm. somebody that will actually go and do those kind of things. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 that we can know that we're going to heaven. I mean, you say you, you hope you're going there and you think you might go there and all of those things. And obviously, everybody, I, I think everybody wants to go to heaven, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but the Bible says that we can know for sure that we can go to heaven. Um, and if you've got a couple minutes, I'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to have I, it. I mean, I believe the Bible for sure, yeah. We, yeah. we have the same Bible. We, yeah. you know, put it, go yeah. to Mass every, well, every week. Would it be all right if we sat down on the, on sure. the, uh, on the porch here? And, a couple of uh, yeah, because I'd, I'd love to show you. Uh, the, the Bible is actually very clear that we can know for sure that we're going to go to heaven. And, and I mentioned this verse already, but I'll turn there so you can actually see it. Um, the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, and, and I, you know, as much as you can, I'd like you to follow along with me just because I, I, I want you to know that this is not me saying it. This is, this is God's word. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I believe in God, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. And there's a lot of people that do. And there's a lot of people who would, who would say that, you know, they believe that there's a heaven. They believe that there's a hell. They believe that God is a just God. They believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and everything else. But, you know, um, the Bible says that we can know. He says, he says very plainly there that you may know that you have eternal life. So if he says that we can know that we have eternal life, then obviously he's got a plan in place that okay. would give us that assurance help us to know for sure that we're going to go to heaven when we die. In fact, let me show you another verse in, in Romans chapter 3. And uh, uh, the Bible, and, and obviously, you know, Romans, 
is filled. The Bible is filled with all kinds of verses, and and you, you you've been in church and you go to church a lot. Yeah, and the I Bible could says, probably read the Bible a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Who, who couldn't, right? Yeah. We all could do that. And um, I mean, I'm a pastor, and I could probably read the Bible more than I do, you know. Uh, but the Bible says in John three sixteen, probably a verse you could quote from for, from a long time yeah. ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And a lot of people believe that Jesus died on the cross. A lot of people believe that there was a Jesus and that he lived a perfect life and he did all these teachings and everything else that he did while he was here on this earth and then that he died on the cross. But there's still so many people that even though they know that, they still wonder, well, is that enough to get me to heaven? What do I got to do to get there? And so they try to, like you're saying, all these good things and... and the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. So I'm not saying that, you know, trying to do good is a bad thing necessarily or that it's, you know, uh, whatever. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that would ever say they've never done anything wrong. Have you ever done anything wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. I mean, who hasn't, right? Right. I mean, I've told a lie before, I've, I've disobeyed, I've disrespected my parents, I've, you know, uh, I've done all kinds of things that, that, is, that would be considered sins, you know, and the Bible says that because of that, we cannot get to heaven. In fact, I, I like to kind of use this as an example, but um, let's just say that we're going to try to jump across the Grand Canyon, all right? You look fairly athletic, you know, um, but let's just say we're going to try to jump across the Grand Canyon, all right? And so we go out there, and, and my grandmother's there with us, and she goes running, and she tries to jump, and she goes five feet. Where does she end up? At the bottom. At the bottom, right. So we're not using any kind of... No, 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 we're just going to try to jump. But let's, right. uh, let's just say that we are going to try to take a motorcycle. I mean, and you put a ramp up there, and you go as far as you can. I mean, it's a long way across the Grand Canyon. Nobody can jump across the Grand Canyon no matter how you look at it, right. you know? I mean, you and I, we're fairly athletic, so now it's our turn to jump across. And I go farther than my grandmother goes, but where do I end up? Still at the bottom. At the bottom. I mean, same thing. Let's, let's take an Olympic long jump champion. And he goes and breaks the world record and jumps 40 feet. But where does he end up? We're still, we're all still at the bottom. It's still at the bottom because nobody can jump across the Grand Canyon, right? And that's what that verse is talking about. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There might be some people who are horrible, wicked people. You know, they might be sitting on death row because they murdered 10 people, you know? And if you think about them trying to get to heaven, you would say, well, that guy surely wouldn't get very far. He's not going to get to the glory of God, right? Um, but then, you know, you take somebody like me or you who... We're, we're decent people. We've never killed anybody. We've never robbed a bank, never done something like that. We consider ourselves to be pretty good people, you know? Um, what is, so all have sinned. We, I understand the first part, but what is, it, what is the glory of God? What is that? Well, the glory of God is talking about heaven, you know, which is where we're all trying to get, you know? Okay. Uh, but that's, you know, so, so we would consider ourselves to be pretty good people, but we all end up in the same place because we're sinners, right? Now let's take somebody who is, you know, Mother Teresa, you know, I mean, a saint, somebody who's done all of this good. And she, you know, if you look at it from a human standpoint, would probably get a whole lot closer to the glory of God than most of us would. Right. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that means no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, we all end up in the same place. We cannot get to the glory of God. In fact, uh, just a couple of verses, a couple of pages over in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Bible says... For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. You work? I do work. Yeah. Where do you work? 
Columbia Gas. All right. So when you go out to do work for Columbia Gas, do you go work all day and come home at night and say, boy, I'm glad I did that for free for Columbia Gas? <laughs> no. No, you expect to get paid for it, don't you? Yep. You wouldn't be doing it if they weren't paying you. No. Right? And it's, that's what a wage is, right? You get paid those wages. An honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Right. And the Bible says the same thing is true for us as sinners. Because we are sinners, we have to pay for that sin at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you go to Walmart and you grab all of this stuff off the shelf, you can't just walk out, right? You expect to, to pay for those things. And the same thing is true with our sin. We can't just go sin and sin and sin and sin and expect there not to be any payment for that sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And that death that he's talking about is every one of us deserves to die and go to hell. We deserve to spend an eternity in hell because of that. But I, I mean, the verse doesn't end there. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ came, he lived the perfect life, and he wasn't just a prophet or a good teacher or anything like that. He was absolutely perfect. He was God in the flesh. And he came and he lived on this earth and he died on the cross to pay for our sins because somebody has to pay for it. There has yeah. to be a wage for that, right? right. Um, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 10, and verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now look, there's a lot of people who believe the story of Jesus. They believe in him, but they've never believed on him for salvation. It's a great story. And we celebrate Christmas because yeah, Easter, he came to this yeah. earth. We celebrate Easter because he rose from the dead and all those things. And a lot of people believe that. But they've never trusted in Jesus Christ as the payment for their sin. And that's what these verses are talking about. Jesus Christ is standing. The Bible talks about this in Revelation chapter 3. He's standing at our hearts, knocking on the door of our hearts, saying, won't you just let me in? I'll come in. I'll make it clean. I'll, I'll wash all of that sin away. That's what he wants to do for us. And I think there's a lot of good people in this world that, you know, uh, would let him if they knew that that's what they were supposed to do. But let me show you one other passage. You talked about doing all these, all these good works and everything else, and, and that's great. Like I said, I mean, that's, that's commendable. There's a lot of people in this world that won't do those kind of things today. But the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, when we sat down on this, on this bench just a couple minutes ago, mm -hmm. I noticed that you didn't go over there and feel it and make sure it's solid and sturdy and everything else. You just sat down in it. And I, I know, saw you I built it. Right? And I saw you sit down, and I didn't even think twice about it either. I sat down right next to you, right? I had faith <clears> that, I mean, you said you build it, so I have faith that you, uh, in you as a builder, but I had faith that. You're confident with it, so I'm confident with it, right? We just sat down in it. We trusted that the chair was going to hold us up. Right. It would have been pretty funny for both of us to end up backwards on the yeah. side of your, you know, <laughs> right? But we just had faith that that was going to hold us up. And that's exactly what this is talking about. Getting to heaven does not have to do with anything that we do. It has everything to do with trusting that God says he's going to do what he said he would do, right? And he says this, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's just say we get to heaven, and I stand before God, and, and he says, uh, why should I let you in? And I say, well, you know, I've been baptized, and um, I, uh, I, I help the poor, 
and um, I do all these things to, to, to try to make the world a better place. And, um, you know, I just generally tried to be a good person. And he says, Describing me. Yeah. Describing me. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that fit in that category. I'm not, I'm not trying to necessarily describe you, but there's a lot of people who would say the same thing that you're saying, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and God says, okay, that, that's, you, you were pretty good. Come on in. And then you're walking around heaven, and somebody says, well, how did you get here? And you say, well, I was a good person. I did this, I did that, and he deemed that it was enough to let me in. Well, you're there because of you. It has nothing to do with what Jesus Christ did. You don't need his death on the cross. You were there because of all the good works that you did, right? Yeah. But when I go to heaven and I stand before God and he's going to say, why should I let you in? I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was young when I did it, but I knew exactly what I was doing. And I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and to forgive me for my sins. I realized that he died on the cross for me. Now, obviously, he died on the cross for the whole world, too, but he died on the cross for me. And had he not died, I don't know where I'd be. But I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and so if I was to stand before God this afternoon and he says, why should I let you in? I'm going to say, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins, and I've accepted him as my Savior. He's going to say, come on in. And if I'm walking through heaven and somebody says, well, how did you get here? It's not going to be because of me. I'm going to say it's because of what Christ did for me. And that's exactly what he's talking about in these verses when he says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If I'm there because of me, I can walk around heaven bragging about how good I was, and that's why I'm here. But it doesn't have anything to do with me, and it doesn't have anything to do... I mean, you, you say you do a lot of good things, and that's great. Well, I've been taught that my whole life, that that's how we get to heaven. And, and uh, yeah, it feels right, because... Yeah. You know, heaven, we yeah. don't deserve it. But. Exactly. Exactly, we don't deserve it. But the thing is, you know, there's a, so there's a lot of people who think that when they get to heaven, God's going to take all their good works on one side and all their bad works on the other side. And if their good works outweigh their bad works, he's going to say, hey, come on into heaven. But, but it's still our works. It's still, I'm still there because of me and because of what I've done. And this verse is telling us that it's not because of us or it's not what we've done. It's what Christ has done for us. So we go back to Romans chapter 9, uh, or sorry, Romans chapter 10. In verse 9 and 10, the Bible makes it very clear how we get to heaven. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just a couple of verses down in verse 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not maybe. That word shall means it is going to happen. It's, it's, not a, it's a guaranteed thing. It shall be saved. Now, let me ask you this. You've said that you believe that, you've, that you're a sinner. You believe you're a sinner? Yeah. You believe that your sin is, is what is ultimately condemning you to go to hell? Yeah. Because we're all in that situation. It doesn't, doesn't make me any better than you. It doesn't make you any better than anybody else. We're all condemned before God, right? Right. But Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins? Yeah, I believe he died on the cross, yeah, because he had to take the sins of the world. Right, they exactly. Crucified him. Right, and the Bible talks about this, and, and we can go look at a couple of verses if you wanted to, but the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for us, and that that blood is what covers our sins. Had he not shed his blood, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross. But the thing is, we have to realize that because of our sin, we are, we are destined to go to hell. 
but we can repent of those sins. We can ask Jesus Christ to come into our hearts and forgive us for our sins and to take us to heaven when we die. I ask forgiveness all the time. Yeah. Every, every Saturday when yeah. we go to Mass. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're talking about asking forgiveness. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with the Catholic Church, and I've never been a Catholic myself, but I've got a lot of friends who, who are Catholic and who, who were Catholic. And, um, you know, the, the thing is about confessing, though, in a Catholic Church is you're confessing to a man. You're asking a man to forgive your sins. And um, the Bible says that we don't need that anymore. We don't need to go through a man because Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, made it so we can go directly to God. We can ask for forgiveness for our sins from God, and that only needs to be done once. Now, we, you know, if we want our relationship with him to be right, then we need to, um, you know, we need to confess to him often and, and get things right with him often. But the Bible says we need to ask him for the... the uh, for forgiveness of our sins for salvation once. And once we ask him, we can't lose that salvation. The Bible talks about that in John chapter 12 and some of the other places. We can't lose that salvation. But do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin? I mean, that's what the Bible that's what it says. Yeah. And the Bible and yeah. God and God can't lie. He's not I mean, he's not going to tell us something that's not true. Yeah. And he says that we can know that we have eternal life and that's the plan. Look, I'd, I'd like to pray for you, and I'd, you know, and 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 ask Christ to to uh, uh, to give you the understanding in these things. But um, the way that we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible says, is to confess with our mouth. Now, you 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 say that you go to church often. I'm sure you're semi-familiar with what prayer is, and and right. uh, I mean, do you you probably pray and yeah, and whatever else. Time. And and that's what prayer is: is just talking to God and. Um, if you really believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins, then you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you can be assured that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Is that something that you think you could do? It just seems so simple. It's just... very simple. It's, it's, I mean, and the Bible talks about the fact that, that we come to Christ not in childish faith, but in childlike faith. It's so simple that a child can do it, you know? Um, and and it's, it's religion. It's, it's people who try to complicate everything. And make it seem, because, you know, we feel like, well, it's got to be more to it than that. We feel like we have to do something to be able to get there. But it's that simple. Jesus Christ already did the work. He already paid the price. We just have to accept his payment on the cross as the payment for our sin. If you believe that, then you can, you can pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart right now. Is that something that you'd like to do? I'd like to look at it a little bit more if you can yeah. write those verses down or something. And yeah. And, yeah, and leave them with yeah. me, and I'll I'll find them again and read them. Sure, no, I understand. There's a lot of people. I mean, you know, it's just like a salesman trying to sell you something. You know, I don't want to do something that I'm you know going to get into that I can't back out of later. But I'll tell you this: uh, the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. We're not guaranteed one more minute of life. I could walk away from here, and you could have a heart attack sitting in that chair that you're sitting in right now. You could walk down to the mailbox to get the mail and get hit by a car. It could be over. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to help you realize that if you wait, if you put it off, you may not get another chance to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm not trying to force you into something, but I, I want you to realize that we're not guaranteed another breath. And so, you know, I'll certainly write those verses down for you. In fact, I've got a card with all these verses written on it. And, I mean, you can go back through those things. But what, what would keep you from accepting Jesus Christ right now? 
just, it just, I mean, I was baptized as a baby into the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and I've been told, I mean, I pray the rosary every day, and I've, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've been yeah. told to work, work, work to try yeah. to get to heaven, because yeah. that's how you get to heaven, if your good weight right. works out way your bad works, and it just seems yeah. so simple, I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, well, look, um, do, do you believe, I've never heard right, that before. right, do you believe the Bible's true? Yeah. You believe that God could ever lie? No. It's as simple as that. I mean, we've looked at these verses, and this is what he says about how to get to heaven. And, I, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to talk bad about your church or, or the people that have taught you those things or anything like that. But, but those things are not, we don't find those things in the Bible. What we find in the Bible is that we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior as the payment for our sin. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't mind, then I'd, I'd like to pray for you. And um, after I get done praying, if you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I'll give you that opportunity, you know. I, I want you to know for sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die. And you don't know when that, when that last moment is going to be to accept Christ, you know. So, anyway, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pretend pray. But at that point, that's what you would do is, is uh, you know, look, if, if I'll pray for you, and then I'll give you an opportunity to pray. You know how to pray, you know. So um, that's, again, same thing. I mean, you can go in a lot of different directions with that, I mean, depending on what his answers would be. And, and that's why it's important to know the Bible. Um, but depending on what his answers are, the Holy Spirit will give you verses that you can bring up that you can use uh, to help lead him to Christ. You know, that's our ultimate goal. And in today's world, it's usually going to take more than once. You know, most people, unless like this, I mean, it's a possibility that they know a lot about, about the Bible already. They're just misguided, you know. Um, most people are going to take a couple times, and you're going to have to go back and talk to them, and you're going to have to build a relationship with them and help them to realize that you're not out there for a quick sale, and they're never going to see you again, you know. Uh, what's that? Yeah, it might. Very well might. Yep, building that relationship. And once they trust you and realize that you're not there for yourself, you're there for them. Then. All right, any questions? Any, any, any questions about any of this? Hopefully you can use it. And I know it, it, it and look, the only way you can get it, we didn't practice any of this, you know. I didn't know what he was going to say, and, and he didn't know what I was going to say, you know, for the most part, other than the very brief, this, the general outline of the scenario. Uh, it takes practice. You have to do it. You have to do it over and over and over and over again. Um, you can't say the wrong thing. You really can't. You know, if you're using the Bible and you know what happened to you when you got saved, you really can't say the wrong thing. And the best way to practice is not with each other until yeah. you're comfortable. Just go do it. Just go do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And it helps to talk to people you know. You know, that's a good place to practice. It's a good place to start because once you get really familiar with how to give the gospel, then it's a lot more comfortable doing it to perfect strangers. That's what we're doing you know? at Yeah. Good. All right. Well, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you again. We thank you so much for the privilege that you've given to us to be ambassadors for Christ. Pray that you'd help us to do our best at it and where we fail, that you would uh, uh, 
give us the wisdom that we need, God. Uh, we can't do this in our own strength. So we do need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We do need the Holy Spirit to show us uh, what to say to people. You know their hearts. We don't. You know their situations. We don't. And so I pray that you give us wisdom as we do this. I pray that you give us boldness to do it. And that we might see some souls come to know you as their Savior even before the end of this year. And even some that are on our list that we're all praying for. God, I, I pray that you would help us to, uh, to win somebody to Christ. The best way to get excited about soul winning is to win somebody to Christ. Amen. And so I pray that you give us that excitement back. God, I pray that you give us visitors for our VBS and for our police appreciation and that we'd see people come to know you as their Savior because of it. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.